Jabril. I am the Lizza. And I am the kid. And that was Star Spangled Banner. That was the first thing I ever heard Fish do live. I would have walked out. Really? <laughs> See, like, again, this is, I feel like, why you're super negative and I'm super positive. I was like, oh, this is super cool. It's 4th of July. It's, like, getting me in the spirit. And it's, like, totally topical. Like, I loved it. I loved it. Well, and I like the acapella, too, so fuck off. This is a podcast that talks about two of our favorite things, fish and beer. <laughs> Clearly, uh, someone Clearly has a you very... Clearly, you like to <laughs> shit on fish. That's what no, you like to do. No, no, let's That's frame that That's the dynamic. Real. You You're, do realize that, right? Listen to how you frame that. You said, this is the first thing I ever heard fish do. And I yeah. said, if that were me, if that was the first thing I had seen fish do when I saw fish the first time, I just would have been like, nope, not going to like this. Well, Over it, it. would have been your loss. <laughs> and I'm sure that's total bullshit. No, and of all the people you know in your life, someone would have gotten to, gotten <laughs> you into fish after that fact. So, Do you don't think there's any nostalgia to the fact that this is your first show and you're just mad at me because <laughs> I love my first show. Yeah, I, unlike you fell into fish right out the gate yeah yeah and i listen to my show every july 4th and it makes me so fucking happy you know what gives me another reason to celebrate the holiday you know what every song year. is after this song 555 yeah and it's dude fucking you know how many terrible. times i've listened to this show <laughs> more than any other show i bet you have it's your first show um so tell me a little bit there's a lot of mic in this show tell, tell me a little about your first show where is this Spart- uh, star spangled <laughs> Where is this happening? This is at SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts Center, July 4th, 2014. Nice. I believe you've told us like it how you fun. got there. It was a fun show, you, like, man. offered to give your friend a ride, and in return you bought the tickets, right? You went up. Yeah, the whole thing was just like a big, fun, unplanned adventure, and yeah. I ended up having a blast and falling in love with fish people and it was just super fun so that's something really interesting uh we were hanging out with some people the other day and they were talking about going to curveball and curveball being the first thing they ever go to and again that's another one where i'm just like man that's locking someone into a lot of fish for three days like rolling that dice and that dice is pretty heavy i probably would pass like (laughs) again though but like i would argue like you're giving them the like quintessential and like totally concentrated fish experience. And if it's, you don't end up liking the music, you're not, not going to like end up hating, hanging out with a bunch of really chill people and camping for like four days. So there's that positive too. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't like the music, even if you're like, Oh, this band fish kind of sucks. I don't think you would hate like hanging out and like getting drunk and like doing drugs and camping and like having a good time and like talking to a bunch of new people. That uh, sounds like fun to me. Yeah. I, again, I just think, you know, that's like going up to someone and being like, do you want to go to what's that festival they do out in like the desert? What the, sh- the fuck's that shit called? Um, Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's I don't even know what that let's, is. Let's but go it's somewhere crazy. where there's no currency for a week and everybody people rides wear bikes like, and, and people like wear like no clothes. That's weird. Yeah, we'll barter for shit and everybody will just hang out and coexist. In that's this what desert Burning Man light is. Light something on fire. Oh, I much. did not know that. I'm glazing yeah. over it really hard and probably pissing some people off, but whatever. I thought it was like really you do a lot of drugs. I thought there was a lot of drugs. There's involved. drugs being done for sure, but like yeah. people also just go and chill. Like they 
it's it's what for though to do what like just to the camp coexist. collectively yeah. oh yeah okay it's so like fuck that i wouldn't have zero interest in that like the the reason why i go to these festivals it's like go see live music right i'm sure <laughs> live music happens at burning man oh okay whatever who cares fuck burning man <laughs> <laughs> oh man fuck what topics man. are we talking about today the uh, kid? well we were i we were talking about uh your first show because uh not only was it just fourth of july and it's the star spangled banner i thought it'd be really yep. really interesting to do a like who does it better fish or the actual original like people oh who, sure 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 like. yeah right you did mention you wanted to do this yes <laughs> just had to remember <laughs> <laughs> so like it, do you like fish covering said song over the actual original artist? Uh, so we're, I, I mean, in, in your case of this specific song, I have to find a barbershop version of it because it's essentially what they're trying to do. So now we just heard fish do it. So now I'm going to play you like an actual uh, barbershop chorus, like doing it. And I'm then gonna you're going to tell me like, I'm not crazy. This is also from like some random ass fucking shit on YouTube. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? I hate this. What? You know what you really should be playing right now? You should be playing um, Stephen Colbert and Patrick Wilson's National Anthem for, I think it was so many Yankees game recently. It's on YouTube. All I want to say is those dudes do it better. <laughs> uh, you're saying from a singing singer's point of view, yes. I actually really enjoy Barbershop and like have yeah, listened sure. to Barbershop Armies. and like appreciate the beautiful subtleties of Barbershop and moving parts and vocal harmonies, yes. So, so you when, hate Fish when Fish does, does it, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I just can't get past it. And it's Interesting. It's too important to me <laughs> to watch it be done like that <laughs> i don't know if i will ever have the answer that the original band did it better because i'll always think fish does it better really yeah so you think uh it's always funk of five and fish does it so you think prince is 1999 is <sighs> no dude that fish cover is than no yeah uh I, you're you're trying to force my hand here yeah hell yeah yeah i can trying a bunch to force of those. my hand bohemian rhapsody is better by queen or better by fish queen <laughs> and they had the choir i like there so i like boogie on reggae woman <laughs> better by fish the stevie wonder version is really like hollow and like kind of like poppy in like um, a pop a pure pop way like fish does it like reggae it's definitely way more structured fish yeah, definitely yeah, takes yeah. that song for a pretty standard like extension sure but like yeah I, I like see where you're coming from. Mike Gordon is also doing the bass part of one of the two keyboard parts. So he's allowed to kind of like put his little flair on it. There's a different depth to it that you allow. Because yeah, of but the that's way. my argument. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like I win that one. You know, I, I feel like I won that point. I heard a <laughs> right? I heard an, an interesting conspiracy theory. Um, and I'm going to say it just like that because I can't confirm or deny. But I was told that when Stevie Wonder, who like still plays and still like performs now, that when he does, there's a guy behind the curtain playing his parts for him because he's huh. too old. I'm sure that's <laughs> true. And his audio is not actually his. <laughs> yeah. When you get old, you got to rely on a lot of crutches, I think, if you want to keep performing live. I also didn't realize. Fish doesn't, though. He has he has a lot of tunes in the same key, so he can just hit a bunch of black keys. <laughs> sort of with some uh, charted Stevie the other day, and I was like, "Huh, this is interestingly easy. convenient." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy. Yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> but it explains why all his clav parts are funky as fuck. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. Here's another one that I think you'll you'll agree with me that the original band does it better. Ween? No, no. I was just going to say this before you cut me off. I was just going to say I like the fish version of Ween way better than Ween. You like the self-titled track Ween by Fish better than self-titled track Ween by Ween? Is that what you're saying? No, Roses Are Free. Okay. I'm talking about Roses Are Free. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. I listen to that song a lot, um, too. I think it's also interesting. Did you know their version first or Fish's version first? Fish's version first. Okay. I think that also impacts some of these answers for you. Because I also knew Roses is free as, as what I thought, or Roses are free, as what I thought was a Fish original. Correct. And when I went back to listen to the original, I, got, I was like, I'm an idiot. This version's way better. <laughs> Agree to disagree. I just don't. Oof. You don't think that's more like Ween? Look, it's not those... I like, yeah, I like all the, like, um, synth and, like, weird added stuff, but I don't like this, uh, these vocals at all. I mean, they're just kind of weird. That's just, like, their sounds. And also, the harmonies are way better than Fish's harmonies. <laughs> That's going to be a little asterisk. All of, the, all of the kids' further comments can be asterisk with the vocals are bad. But that you can't be your <laughs> argument every single time. Um... I think I think to me what helps make it more like of a valid argument is when they take the song for like a little bit more of a walk than just playing it standard. So like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one yeah, that yeah. I feel like most people would argue for me is uh, Loving Cup. I personally hate the Stones, so I'm biased coming into this. I always think the Stones sound better when somebody else covers the Stones. And that's just because I don't think I like Mick Jagger's voice, but that whatever. That song is so good. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Fish uh, play it, but I also think like Trey really freaking rocks it out and like gives it a way better guitar solo than the original. Um, I think other than like the the intro that Paige does, he's like a lot more aggressive on the keys as well. Mike is. I'm never paying attention, not going to lie. Mostly paying I would page, say, though, that that song is, like, more believable and, like, kind of hits you where it's supposed to when the Rolling Stones are playing it. Yeah. Musically, I think it's they're pretty identical. But, like, Mick Jagger sells that song a lot better than Trey does. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, and this is an important point to pick uh, or to point out, um is that I believe of covers that yeah. Fish have done, I think they're like well past 100. It's like 100 and something covers. And like, obviously it's going to get a little biased if you want to start categorizing it by artists because if they do a Halloween album cover, they've just played like anywhere from 9 to 13 tracks of someone's stuff. But like, there's so many people on this list that is like I can't even begin to like fathom the continuum you would put it on either. It's like very diverse and all over the place. Yeah. So I again think that there are times where they really nail like 
Frankenstein, for example, but like Frankenstein's kind of allowed to be that type of song, you know. I feel like they're never trying to cover anything, like directly and and you know photographically uh, cover anything. I disagree. I think really? they played things straight standard. But th- I don't think that they're trying to like force. I don't think that they're trying to adopt a style. I think that they're trying to put their their fishness on it always. I think that if you further go down this rabbit hole, you'll come to find that some stuff they just kind of always play standard and some shit they really take for a walk. And yeah, I, I think I hate when people say that <laughs> because, yeah, that's like true most of the time. But like you'll never know when you're going to be at a show and they're going to do something fucking weird like that 30 minute roses are free when they played fucking red rocks like yeah who knew they were going to play a 30 mi- something minute version of that song like but you you can never tell like that's not a standard version of that song yeah but that's why you go to every show but that's my point it's accuracy by volume yeah you have my to point, go to all though. the shows in order to get those moments and those gems. That's like we got a 30-minute cross-eyed and painless and freaking Baker's but Dozen that's and I, I flipped like, my crap. I'm not like hate, I never like hate on stuff. And I hate when people say like, oh, that was a standard version of that song. It's like, who gives a shit? If I like the song, I don't care that they didn't like play it for 20-something minutes. Like, I like that they played the song. Listen, the song that you're I preaching like. to the choir. My favorite song is Free, and they play it standard almost every time they play it. Yeah, that's like a cookie-cutter song. And it's I, meant to be I, that way, though. I get it. Yeah, but I get it. But what I'm saying is, is that's their own song. Like, when they do that with covers, i rather see them play something that they've kind of morphed into something else. Like, t- like 2001, even though it's that slight rendition of that, like, jazzier version of yeah, it. Yeah, see, it's that's like a cover, and they play it the same way every time. Yeah, I love it. I will. I'll take it every time. That's what I'm saying. I recognize that it's almost a carbon copy, but I love it. So I don't mind. So I, I, I get where you're coming from. What I'm saying is that it's more interesting to me when they do something and take it for a walk. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that that's like dumb. You're like stating stating an obvious. Yeah, yeah you're, you're you're just stating the obvious. And I think that I don't know. I mean, I guess most people would agree with you that overall people like the original version of a song over Fish, but I don't. Yeah, like Fish has <laughs> covered freaking Billie Jean, like. <laughs> and again, that that Bohemian Rhapsody is actually really funny. I think it's 1999. Uh. Anywho, we're gonna disagree on this. 96, 1231, 96. It's pretty fucking funny. They get an entire choir to stand behind the band, and they That's actually great. like take the, the do the whole song. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. I think you have to like obviously always give credit to the original artist for creating the song. Okay. And then I think you also have to like give props to Fish for like you're saying like having really cool taste in music that's very eclectic and then being able to basically co- cover anything. And all I'm trying to say is certain songs I think Fish actually do do better and certain ones I think, eh, cool Yeah, they do I agree. Eh. I agree. <laughs> but for the most part I'll say I'll always take Fish. What side. was it? Strawberry. What did they play on the Strawberry Donut Night? Strawberry Letter 22. Yeah, that was yes. the vocals were so <laughs> bad I couldn't get into it. The music was great. Yeah, see, there's a fine line. It's a very fine line. Anyway, you say that coming from a point of view as a singer, it bothers you when there's shitty harmonies. There's certain things I can't look past. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know. So today is Monday, July sixteenth. This is gonna get posted on Friday, but uh, tomorrow is the first day 
of Summer Tour. Summer Tour. So while we were talking about your first show, and now that Summer Tour has officially started, I thought that we could actually talk about like recommendations that you would give to someone who's going to their first fish show, knowing what you know now. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I it's like tough. I mean, I honestly like I would just say, I, I don't know. It's hard to replicate my first time. I had fun. I had the most fun I've ever had. And it was outside of the music because I went with like a really big group of people. And we all like partied, you know, and like just hung out and like ate tons of food and like grilled and like drank beer. And like then we all walked to the show together. And then like everyone kind of like split up and did their own thing. And like everyone kind of had like pockets of where they were just like it was like fun it was like a big party where i could like bounce around to different groups of people and different sight lines and different spots and like it was just i don't know chill it was really good music for a couple hours hanging out with cool people so i would say if you want a really fun experience to try to go with a bunch of people or if you're going by yourself only with a couple people i would say try to make as many friends as you can Mm. and like introduce yourself to people and talk to people about fish I'd say if it's an outdoor venue and they let you bring an open water bottle so you can refill it. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> My, the, fir- the first fish show I went to, a girl brought a camel back, but she had beer in it, oh, not water genius. in it. Yeah, it was cool. It was funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, you can't, you can't put alcohol. Here's a good uh, fun fact for you guys who were thinking about doing this. Might hear this before. If you put alcohol in one of those camelbacks, it gets like stained into the plastic. Alcohol gets absorbed into the plastic? Yeah, like the taste of it does. So, like, tequila bag will always kind of taste like tequila. Like, be careful. So, you just have to have a camelback for each liquor. (laughs) Yeah. Or swap out the bag. Swap out the bag. I was going to say, you could swap out bladders per alcohol. (laughs) What? Small price to pay. I don't think that anyone should be wearing a camelback of any liquor. Would you do I like think that would be very dangerous. A and I would not recommend camel that pack. Either. Yeah, you can start thinking about that. Sangria fanny pack, that wine. Fanny pack? <laughs> or not fanny pack, a water bladder. Camelback. <laughs> yeah, I would do sangria. That sounds delightful. No way. You want water. Yeah, yeah. You, want, you want water. You definitely should always have water. Yep. You should definitely always like know like where to meet people at the end of a show, like have a meeting point at the end of a show. Yeah, one of the, you know, I always thought... You should always try to go to the bathroom on off songs. Like, if you detect that there's a song that, like, everyone's really into, the bathroom's going to be, like, pretty empty What's at that point. insane to me is that, like, I've never had to... Once I go somewhere, even in a drunken state, I can autopilot my way back. It's like... Yeah. I can always find my way back to wherever we are when we're at, like, a festival or parking lot or whatever. So it's, like, weird to me that the first time I ever went to a festival, which was Super Bowl... um, People had the PVC pipe tubes that like went up their car and had the flags and shit. And yeah. It was, like, so people could find their car. And I was like, huh, I never had to think about that because I never have a problem finding my car. But that's really fucking funny. It's just easier <laughs> to find if you do that. That's a smart idea. I we know. should do that for curveball. Um, should fly the fish flag. It's but one of the gonna few times I think it's actually important to have one of those heat shields on your car. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because your car actually is just sitting in the sun all day for, like, three days of curveball. Or even if you're at, like, the gorge and shit, people... I mean, there's a lot of outdoor shows this summer tour. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing them outside. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's definitely a different experience, especially with the lights. 
Yeah. Well, you um, get the like the dual experience. You get like the day set or like the early evening set where it's light, and well then you get the night. Yeah, yeah the night they set. Spe- I and I love that they specifically wait for like the light to get just right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this festival because, like, I don't know. It's uh, it'll be cool. It'll just be like we'll be able to chill and hang out and dance and. I'm excited because I finally have done it enough times that I know exactly what I need. I think this is the summer where I classify myself as glamping and not camping. Um, But that is very important. I think in this scenario of camping, it's a different animal, right? Because in most cases, you go to a campsite that's like in the middle of the woods. So there's shade and shit. And there's like a creek or something or like some you know there's stuff to do and shit this is like you're sitting in a parking lot next yeah. to your car yeah, yeah, yeah you have to bring everything to you and on yeah. top of that you have to survive for three days <laughs> on limited supply because they've also gotten a lot more strict with the rules on like what you can bring in and like how much you can bring in so it's like thank god they added the farmers they did the farmer's market for magna ball they're doing it again this year like that helped a lot because uh yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, definitely. Farmers market. Be smart about your the food you're bringing. They also have like a uh, general store too, though, where you yeah. can get like anem- anemones. Yeah, ice and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like pain pills and like sunscreen and like eye drops. Like, there's a general store. There's like stuff you can buy, not food. Farmers yeah. market's food. There's like a general store, and then they'll have like a tent set up for. Um, whatchamacallit water real stuff and then they have a ton of vendors like last at magnaball uh there were people selling all kinds of stuff like there was like a little like a little town like a little uh like farmers it was like a little market like where they had all different stuff they're selling hammocks and all kinds of shit so for super bowl i also uh didn't bring any food i was like oh there'll be vendors up there i could just eat on the grounds the entire time. Yeah, so they I love people like, like you. Yeah, I had to go there at noon and just start eating. Then the problem is, is that like it's like not all food that you want to be eating for three days straight. None of it is. Like none it's of it's all food I want to be eating at all. Like yeah, burgers yeah, and like yeah. Shit. You're just yes. like, uh, yes. this is not what I want. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, that's what sucks. I actually think it's getting better over time. Uh, Magna Ball, we did the food tasting, which was pretty bougie yeah beer and food tasting that was great fish bouge it was just fun it was fun i like food i like beer it was fun it was a fun thing to do in between like the day set and the night set. very much like this podcast mixed our favorite things all together in one place which was dope and i was really into it because uh lawson's was doing a collab beer with them sierra nevada always does foam that's their pilsner what they always do for fish there were a lot of like cool craft breweries that were doing fun beers for their food yeah yeah it was cool Um, they're not they haven't done it again they're not doing it again so obviously wasn't that cool what (laughs) else oh an inverter we i think we talked about that uh last episode inverters are very important i don't know what that is little generators for your car so you can charge your other shit um that's it that's all i got (laughs) shade bring shade a lot of people do this sun. This quickly tea. got from like what <laughs> I recommend for your first show to, to bring this to festival. <laughs> stuff, talk, but that's okay. I can see why you're excited. We got our wristbands today, so yeah, it's and getting honestly, it's getting it's close. It's accurate. getting very close. Please don't bring your dogs and leave them in your car. That's dumb. No one does that. Uh, people do that. No one does that. Uh, you'd be surprised. Nobody <laughs> does that. Okay. <laughs>
Meh. <laughs> cool. What else? What else we got? Uh, I have I have an interesting question. You have a bunch of shows uh, or songs picked out. Uh, the mid song is from four seventeen two thousand four. What's that about? How'd uh, you find this show? It's not a, on this day, and I was really interested. It's the Soul Shakedown Party four seventeen two thousand four. I don't know. I just like the I like that cover. <laughs> yeah, but if you're not doing an on this day in fish, like how do you you just jump around? Yeah. Oh, you're saying how do I f- search for stuff? Yeah, how'd you find this song? So typically I always go from the song I want to listen to and then I'll go and do a little bit of digging. So I'll search Fish OD for the song and then I'll listen to kind of different years and pick do out. Do you use jam jam charts for that or you just No, no, I just do I just do my own thing, man. I listen to it myself. I don't use their like, you know, scale of it good or bad. No, I usually just check remastered stuff cuz it sounds better. <laughs> okay good that's a good way to identify honestly anything that's been remastered something like worth going to listen to sure so. it just sounds better yeah i don't know i picked this song because i like it and because uh we uh, we got to see it back as well for our i think it was like 2016 tour yeah <laughs> and i just it reminds me of like summer it reminds me of like summer party being outside it like gives me the vibe of like fish and like i've been thinking about summer tour and Outside and festivals. Yeah. I'm excited. The Soul Shakedown Party. All right, well, I'm not going to keep us from this dope Soul Shakedown Party. I'm going to get it started. You always do the outro for this part. Oh. That's right. And we'll be back after this short 15-minute break.
We are back. We're back. Listening to Gadget Brew with me, the Lizza. I'm the kid. And the kid we're is doing scared. <laughs> we're doing all things beer in this segment. Yeah. And um, I planned a little fun activity for you. Scary. Which is just because yeah. you keep looking at them. Try not to look at them. <laughs> you are trying to cheat. <laughs> it's just because... Um, so you have repeatedly expressed that you want to become a Cicerone to yeah. me. And I'm trying to kind of Educate school me. you. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't like to read anything and nope. talking at you basically doesn't work. So it has to be put in a sort of like exercise activity you know, fun activity yeah, yeah. yeah so i've been trying to like plan stuff to do that so today we're gonna do actually mimics a part of the test that you have to take it is the uh style identification so i'm gonna serve okay. you i'm gonna serve you things blind <sighs> and you're gonna have to tell me not what brewery it is or where it comes from you're gonna have to tell me what style of beer it is how specific as specific as you can be for example if it's a stout i need to know a sweet stout dry stout you oh know it needs no. to be very specific yeah, I'm gonna flunk this test. If it's a pilsner, I need to know if it's Czech style pilsner, or German style pilsner. Okay, that's you know, easy. Yeah. it's it's 50 gotta 50. be it's gotta be. <laughs> well, there's a lot of style degradations underneath each. No, that's main. why I'm asking this. The hole gets steep very fast. Yeah, so it needs to. Be, well, on the test, they'll give you options. So I'm not gonna give you any options today. You're gonna have to just get in the general ballpark. But oh on the on shit, the test, they yeah. give you multiple choice questions. Oh my god! But okay. it actually is harder on the test because it gets you inside your head. And like example, if it's like a stout, they'll give you like imperial stout, dry stout sweet stout like and then you'll be like oh fuck like how am i supposed to know like and you'll you'll like over you know analyze the different choices they give you so it's better right. to just come out the gate clean okay so before we do or do you want to do this as we go over the section because i also want to talk about ipas today um what, sh- what shall we do uh what? wow that's a lot uh let's talk about ipas first Okay. Uh, gives me some why time. Don't, why to don't we? Why don't we just go through? So I have four. No, see, so I have four different <laughs> beers. Why don't we taste them as we're going through the segment? Okay. And also, just be talking about IPs. Okay. Yeah, crack one open. Okay, man. so let's do the first one. I'm gonna also serve them to you in like stylistic order. So lightest to darkest. Correct. Sweet. Cool. Some cheat sheet. Okay, so here's the first one. Oh man. Don't look at it. You even Turn away. put them out of order. You didn't even... Turn away. Why am I... Because I don't want you to be looking at the packaging, and I don't want you to be trying to figure it out, man. All right, this is the first one. I want you to, like, talk out loud what you see and smell and think. Okay. I hear beer. <laughs> All right, first beer. Smells boozy. Uh, it looks like straw. It's very clear. It's like super see-through. Um, it's got some good head retention. It's not super carbonated where you like you see bubbles all crazy craze. Um, I'm gonna try it. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> really? It just tastes like a Pilsner. Okay, so it's not a Pilsner. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a lager? Yeah. 
This beer is a lager, but you have yeah. to get way, way, way it's tighter. It's a what this German is. style lager. I'll give it to you. If I was grading this and it was like five points, I would give you like four point five points. Yeah, I'm sure because you're still you're still again not getting to the like a Helles lager or like a whatever. That's what Uh, this is. Okay, this is a (laughs) German Helles lager. I only said Helles lager because it's the only lager that I know. Well, you guessed right. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This beer is a Firestone Walker lager. Got it. So isn't this an American style Helles lager? No, it's German style. They use German malts. Okay, but it's a it's American interpretation of a Helles Lager, correct? It's brewed by a brewery in California, if that's what you're trying to say. Yes, but this beer is a Munich Helles Lager. Um. Okay. So stylistically, it's pretty close to what you taste. Okay. I thought we were being purist here. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying to give you like pretty easy. Like, I'm I'm being I'm trying to be nice. I'm know, trying to give know, you pretty easy examples. But <laughs> okay. All right. So on to the next one. Yeah, or we can we can oh, we, chat about, about yeah, yeah, yeah IPAs yeah, yeah. a little bit. I just uh, there I've, there's been a lot of like articles and kind of like chatter and like excitement around like uh kind of like things that are happening in the IPA world. And obviously it's because the style is very very uh popular. Uh-huh. Um, but there are two main topics I really wanted to talk about, especially with you because you're a brewer and I kind of wanted to get your take on stuff. Okay. You should also talk about what you have brewing right now because it's pretty awesome. Um, anyway, first trend is using lupulin powder in IPAs now. Yeah. It's becoming this very, very like shishi thing. Um, and I want to know, I know about shishi, a, but thing. yeah, like high class <laughs> thing. It's becoming like a really, you know, whooshy thing to do. Um, in your experience, have you ever brewed with lupulin powder yourself? No. I have not. Do you have any desire to do so? Yes. Why? I do. Why? <laughs> Why? The beer good, it makes smell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, honestly, Have you been reading like, any articles about this? Uh, lupulin powder? Yes. Uh, not more than that they're now available and, like, which ones I can get. And, like, Are the they available on brewing websites? Homebrew websites? Yeah. yeah oh, I can go fantastic. on, like, more beer. And you can, e- cool. you can like, look at, like, they have, like, general ones where it's just, like, Cascade lupulin, lupulin powder, but then they have, like, other shit, too. But it's still, like, it's nowhere near to the depth that, like, hops are yet. Yeah, like no, of course. And shit. So of it's course, like you really have to course. know the flavor profile of that hop because now you're just talking about the straight aromatics of it, and that's going to dramatically impact, like, the influenced taste. Right. And a lot of what you smell is what you taste too. Right. So, uh, this allows beers like the Brute to get like super dry and super clean and still smell like crazy. I think they're going to start having beers that smell like. Uh, like mangoes and peaches and and oranges and shit. It's gonna. I be mean, like you could argue that already happens. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the major kind of like talking points, if you're an actual commercial brewery these days, is that lupulin powder is a lot cheaper uh, to yeah. use than flour or pellets or anything else really to you know dry hop your beer. And it's like getting to a point so much where like. It, if you do work it into like your brew schedule, it can save you like a substantial amount of money, and then that money can go to other things like well, more fermenters or like building out your brewery or actual like important shit. Yeah, I mean hops are one of the most expensive ingredients that you get uh, 
obviously when you get a big enough size, there's contracts involved now. So you're talking about like limited availability. That's where like, I'm not sure where this lupulin powder hole goes because I don't know what's happening on a commercial level, but from a home brewer standpoint, like the saving the money and all that stuff is cool. But where it's really advantageous is that dry hopping a beer is a huge pain in the ass and it takes a lot of time. There's a really quick drop off rate. It's like really not as cost effective as like having a hot back or like having all the different tools that a brewery has sure. to basically get the same thing, a whirlpool, all that shit. Sure. So it's like, it's interesting to see like what people are going to start concocting out of it. But I, I again think from like this huge, like crazy, like macro level, it's also just going to let beer get cleaner and like lower ABV, but still have that smell and that aroma of an IPA. So yeah. it's going to satisfy this really interesting palate. The sure. way this brute doesn't make sense to me is that well, they let's, you're skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, let's sorry. keep talking about the lupulin powder. Sorry, sorry. And sorry. have you I just want to know, have you tried any beers uh, that have been brewed like commercially with lupulin powder? Not commercially. I don't think so. That's untrue. I've had homebrew that's got lupulin powder in it. Uh, the Burial Bone Dagger has two different types of lupulin powder. And Bur I brought over a bunch of that last week for the 4th of July. Oh, yeah? Yes. I didn't even notice. <laughs> really? See, so... You I, I mean, I didn't. I think I had one can of it. I think no, you, you had drink. three. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Shit. So I Good guess if you didn't July. notice, it's not that important. <laughs> I think that beer is fantastic, and I do think it gives it a very, very interesting bouquet. It's one of the only like commercial ones we can really get in like our area that's doing the lupulin powder. Other half's messing with it. Graham is messing with it, but like Burial is like an actual like they're out of Asheville. They're like an actual commercial brewery using it. Yeah. For like you know significant enough batches that they ship here. Yeah, and it's I a fantastic. I don't know that people like like Grim. A lot of Grimm's beer is like either too dry and like very like thin mouthfeel or like sour. And then you have other half where their beer is mostly, you know, IPAs and their malt bill is a little on the sweeter side. So it's like I don't know that lupulin powder would be advantageous for either one of them to use given their malt profile. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, I see like huge potential and like breweries that are known for like these juicy crazy beers like your west coast ipas your new england style ipas like all that shit those are like the ones that are gonna yeah, really yeah, start yeah 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 popping off yeah and well see now this actually transitions us into the brute ipa so there's now a new style emerging in the ipa world called brute ipa and it was originally originally uh created in san francisco california and it's this uh, IPA style that is sh very champagne-like, bone dry, uh, high hop aroma, and low ABV. Yeah. So, uh, a lupulin powder, like you were saying, would kind of fit into this oh, category yeah, to fits help. In perfectly. Yeah. Again, I don't think this beer is intended to be anything but like carbonated, like lightly bittered, like. <laughs> I guess champagne is the best way. Like the way we've been talking about it is the way to describe it. Very champagne-like, but like what makes yeah, champagne? Yeah, because it's literally supposed to be bone dry. Yeah, bone dry and high carbonation. But that's why they also add adjuncts to it because that champagne, even though it's bone dry, is slightly sweet. So, 
they you're really just taking champagne technique they're, they're, and applying no, it to they're no they're they're adding the adjuncts to it to get it down in in alcohol to get it push it well, way 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 down in alcohol they this beer's meta, supposed to be very low meta, in alcohol like some stuck with an M I forget what it's called they're, yeah so basically the brew IPA is distinctive because enzymes are added to break down the complex sugar strains and it breaks them down to such a degree like way further than mashing could ever do because it's this enzyme that's like basically fast eating acting it. yeah it's yeah yeah it. on eating these the strains yeah yeah, so yeah it allows you to get to 1.000 correct there's no sugar left in the solution it's all alcohol correct <laughs> so i mean again it's cool and i get it but like again you're you're basically taking a technique from making champagne and applying it to beer and what will allow these beers to shine is whether the lupulin powder has been uh, added to it in such a way that you get these crazy aromatics. They're basically going to turn uh, this style into like, what can I make you smell? What can I shove up your nose between the carbonation and the and the lupulin powder I used? <laughs> That's how I envision this I style I like to be. dry things. I love dry styles, but bone dry like what like you commonly like to say something that's gonna make you thirsty yeah. is not something that i ever shoot for yeah ever <laughs> yeah i like my ipas to be a level of juicy and when i say that i'm talking about like the mouthfeel the viscosity not just the smell and the taste of that citrus quality what would you put it in what vessel what type of vessel would you put it in what do you a mean brewed ipa like, wh- if I was going to package it, how would I package it for you? How would you serve you? it to an individual? What glassware would you give it? Oh, um, I s- are you trying to try to push me to get me to say, so like, a champagne flute? A flute. No, that's what no, I would do. That's it. for lambics. Mm-hmm. Just the regular, like, you know, tulip, tiku, bell shape. Mm. Interesting. I drink everything out of a tulip glass. Yeah? Yeah, everything. <laughs> Some would argue that's not, you know, Kolsch has to be in a Kolsch glass, man. Yeah, there's a whole section on the certified seed grown test. <laughs> That's something you have to know. Something I've already <laughs> known. A Kolsch glass is the glassware that I always think of, like for cocktails. It's a stackered glass. What? Yeah. What does a Kolsch glass look like? Describe it. Uh, it's just a really tight cylinder. Correct. But tall, tall and Correct. slender. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's very distinctive. Yes. <laughs> what else but is so very is distinctive? A fucking Weiss glass. Hefeweizen glass? Yes. How how does that what does that look like? Uh it's super like uh what's the way to describe it? Like curvy? It goes it's up really very, tall. Very, very tall. Yeah. Yep. And then has like a bell shaped top and then skinnies out and to the has, bottom. It has etched in it these lines that go down the side. Yes. So the, the bubbles like kind of twist as they go up the glass. What's a British pub glass look like? Uh it's what, sixteen ounces? Mm-hmm. There's an ounce difference, a British yes. pint. Ours is 12, theirs is 16. Yeah. And and then but what does it look like? What is it shaped like? There's a little, b- it's a regular like cup mm-hmm. looking shape, but it's got a bump, big ass bump. Correct. Three quarters of the way up. Correct. So stop, stop avoiding it. What do you think this, yeah, I'm what do you think this, this next, next beer is? I'm getting what do you nervous. think this beer is? We've poured another beer going into this blind. Tell me the style. I don't know. It's really flipping bitter though and dry. What do you What do you think this is? I don't know. Well, what it's does it Belgian. look like? It's not Belgian. I know it's not Belgian. What does it look like and what does it taste like? It looks like straw. It's very light golden color. If I gave it an SRM number, it'd be like a two. So it's not dark. It's light. Or what's another word for light? Straw. No. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, That's the P. Purple. No. <laughs> Pink. Oh, Jesus Christ. What do you think this beer is? Honestly, it's very easy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's super, like, salty. Dry. This is a pale ale. This is an American-style pale ale. Ugh. No way. Oh. Fuck Maine Peeper. Maine Peeper. American Pale Ale. Now the, the, like, it's slight haziness. Like, Maine, to me, always is, like, never clear, but never, like, New England hazy. It's, like, pleasantly in between. <laughs> I this think is honestly this is like t- this is a tough one to guess i think i also don't know that a pale ale i've ever had a pale ale that i liked and if so like how i would reference it like i don't like pale ales that are dry and extremely pale right this is this is like a, a kind of a extreme s- one side of the spectrum pale ale because basically what the like judging bar is for a pale ale, the Sierra Nevada pale ale. Liz, put these two beers next to each other and tell me one is lighter than the other. It's like, if it's an SRM, it's like 0.5. They're like so close in color. Color is like not the obvious dead giveaway when like two beers, which are completely different styles next to each other, are almost the same color. The these one on... both the same beer. These are both peeper. Uh, we have peeper in both of our glasses. Fuck. There's no color... I I There's no point. color... Uh, difference at I all. I think the lager would look very similar in, in SRM it to does. this. Yeah. It's not a good uh, indicator to me of what the style is. And I think that's where you were trying to lead me. You were like, look how pale it is. Correct. I was trying to get you to <laughs> say pale, but you didn't really catch on that. There. <laughs> anyway, this is this oh is a man. tough one, as I was going to say, because basically the what you would classify as a pale ale is way closer to like a Sierra Nevada pale ale, which is a lot more amber and a lot more balanced. Yeah. It's not so super hot forward. It's not so pale. It's not so highly carbonated. It's kind of just like a amber. It's almost like an amber. Yeah. I also don't think, honestly, if we're going to be 100 about all this shit, if uh, I don't think I even have the knowledge right now in terms of beer styles to go farther than like if it were a tree root digging into the ground, like almost towards the top. I know like generic you styles. You got Hellas Lager, though. That's pretty good. I was... <laughs> You pulled that out of your asshole. Pulled it out of my lap. Oh the boy. only other one I okay. know is the only other lager I know. It has a really weird, fucking name, but it's amber in color. Uh-huh. It's, uh huh. It's and uh, fuck, I don't know. It's like a brown ale. Like look, looks like a brown ale. Uh huh. I don't know what it's called. Doppelbach. Yeah, that, and it's kind of sweet, which is why I like it. There's also Doppelweiss. Yeah. Germans are the bane Doppel of your... Doppel just means d- double, right? D- yeah, but Germans <laughs> are like the bane of your existence. There's a lot of German styles I know, here. but that's my point. Like, I don't think... I think you can easily do an entire setup of like nine cans of all just German beer and I'd never be able to tell you the difference between. Like, I, my, my knowledge is still you a little too to. basic, basic. I know. I know. I know. Next one. Last one. No, there's one more after this. Ah, shit. <laughs> Look away. Uh, Look away. No fish in the beer segment, please. Now remember, you just have to tell me what style of beer this is. All right, I I'm gonna 
try to help myself a little bit. I'm gonna do like a uh I'm gonna do like a little see if I can get a little catalyst up in this bitch. Try to help me figure this out. Alright. Mm. Mm. I like this one. I like what I'm seeing. Oh, so it didn't taste the way it smelled. <laughs> Is this a lambic? No. Damn it. Well, it's still got like a 2 SRM. It's really, really pale. Um, It is for sure sour. Or tart. Tart's the better so word. So if it's sour and it's you're tart. tasting sour, what does that mean about this beer? Uh, Why is it sour? There's two ways this beer can be sour. Two ways a beer can be sour are... Um, There's a couple of sour styles. You can pitch some yeasties and then you can ferment the mash. Those are the two ways to make a beer sour. What is your guess as to what this beer is? What style is this beer? A kettle sour. Wrong. Damn. It is a wild ale. God damn it. So they open the windows it's a spontaneously cool fermented Lollipop. beer it's a spontaneously fermented beer sour ale kettle sour i mean i'm sure you're familiar with that yes. is, has a level of control to it yeah you're just you adjusting ph yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly correct <laughs> you're introducing that dry malt that's got some acetobacter some sort of rogue bacteria but then you let it sit you incubate that you inoculate it and then once you go to boil it that locks in that this beer is always going to be evolving. It's wild. Yeah, but like, what would you say is the 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 definitive difference between a wild yeast and a kettle sour? Like, what's a wild dead yeast giveaway? is something that you uh, accrue from the environment that you're in? No, 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 no. If if I am someone who has to pick between a kettle sour and a wild fermenting beer. What would you tell me in like layman's terms to like be able to tell the difference? So like obvious so, differences. So like you know when you have uh like soda pop versus like a bottle carbonated beer or a champagne. Soda pop has like giant big bubbles that like scrape your tongue very aggressively, and you can tell that the beer is force carbed. Uh huh. Uh, Wild ales will always have this like champagne, super tight, beautiful carbonation and lacing. Nothing is forced carved in this. It's always living. Wild ales are always still continually living. So that's it. That's you're a dead giveaway. You're telling me they don't carbonate away. that beer? Is that what you're telling me? Like it carbonates itself? I'm telling you it's naturally carbonated. Yeah. They unfiltered. put no CO2 yes, in that, in that yes, beer. Yes. So it's a gentler. Unfiltered, unpasteurized. I think the better way to say that it's a gentler carbonation. Correct. So. Kettle sours are still manipulated a lot by, by brewers. Yeah. And then when you boil that in the mash, you again you're killing it. It's done. It's mat. It, you're boiling it. It's done. It's locked out. Yeah. Then you have to carbonate the beer. <laughs> yeah. This the uh, wild wild yeast is in this beer and continues to ferment and eat, eat on the sugar. Do sugars. you think it makes sense to put that beer on its uh, let it rest 
not on its side, but you, know. you can lay it down if that's what you're saying. You could vintage it. I mean, you're on the risk of contamination. Yeah. And it getting worse and tasting like sulfur. Okay. So this is a Plan B farm brewery barn beer. They're no longer supported by this government. Plan B. Barn beer. Everything is brewed from New York State. And it's a wild beer because they actually cultivate the yeast from their honeybees. Oh, that's cool. It's super cool. And they age it in Hudson Valley Oak Fooders. Everything Ooh. about this beer is New York, New York, New York. And it's great. Very light, tight carbonation again. It's got uh, a, a sourness, but like sort of a bright sourness. Almost like a like a sunny, like lemony, like high acid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have that kind of like muddy horse blanket, blanket, blue cheese kind of funk to it. It's a lot more sort of like high and bright. It yeah, smells like pineapples. Yeah. It's nice. It's it's very fruity. I don't know if I get all that, but uh, I guess I uh, what it smells you, like what pineapple you say juice. Is pineapples. When you I open up a can of pineapple alcohol. juice, uh, this is exactly what it smells like. When you open up a can of like fruit mix, yeah, fruit cocktail. Oh, that I guess that's yeah, fake the fake canned mm-hmm. pineapple. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I could get. The, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. See, it's relative. But again, it's all about using descriptors that take you back to something you've had. See, and as soon as I said that, you knew what I was talking about. Yeah, but now I want the pineapple, and it's not there. No, it is there. It is there. Disappointment. It's there. I wish it tastes like pineapple. All right, so you're one for three. Yeah, I'm doing pretty bad. Well, Failing. you have you have the chance to get half right, 50%, if you get this next style. Okay. Okay? Okay. This is a pretty easy one. I can do this. This is a pretty easy one. I can do this. Okay. Uh, so, let's do this guy. Okay. Last one. Oh, man. It's poop brown. So you already know where it's you're kind porta, of going. It's a porter or a stout. <laughs> Correct. So taste it. <laughs> Try it. God damn it. Let me... I want to see you walk through the steps I taught you. No, Bloodhound sniff. I look. hate both these styles. They're like synonymous to me. They're the same thing. And God, this beer is so s- fucking good. Holy fuck my oh cock. Oh my God. It I love this beer. It smells like chocolate. Oh my God. It smells like chocolate. This beer straight smells like chocolate. Yeah, yeah it's gross. Oh my, oh my God. God. Like Hershey's maple syrup. I want to do this glass right now. Oh my mm. God. Mm-mm-mm. Like That's frozen gross. chocolate yogurt. Uh, I want to go for get you, later. everybody else. Uh, I grew up allergic to chocolate. I'm no longer allergic to chocolate, but when you eat something that makes you either barf or shit your brains out, you don't want to <laughs> eat it anymore. <laughs> what is that so. called in uh? What is that called in like psych terms? Like, if you eat like a root beer candy and you end up puking, and if you ever get like the smell of root beer, or you have to taste it again, it'll trigger a gag reflex is there any i mean that's just your memory yeah th- there's no t- t- specific lingo for that i, I mean, thought there, I thought there thing. was your body thinks it's gonna poison itself yeah again. i thought i thought there was some terminology for that okay so again please for our listeners describe this beer I just gave you so much of the style descriptors that you could have used. Um, it is brown, like poop poop. <laughs> it smells like poop poop, which is chocolate to me. Uh, be serious. If okay. you had to, if you had if to, if you had to, yeah, be serious. What is be that? Serious. Like a 
dark is like I don't even go that high, so it's like eight, eight or above. You're so wrong. You know? Continue. What is what is? I never made a beer that dark. I don't even know. I think the darkest beer I've made is a uh, brown ale. This beer is not black. This beer is actually um, dark. It's like mahogany. It's got that like brownish reddish hue around the edges. Damn. Goes all the way up to forty. This yeah, scale? that's, that's why I laughed at you. You said eight. This is like probably in the thirties, high thirties. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> it's like thirty-seven. You'd say this is like thirty-seven SRM. Can I see? Yeah, I got some swaths for you. I think it's a little lighter. I think it's like a thirty-four or a thirty-five. No, it's yeah, like thirty-seven. A forty is like a black ale or like a stout. Yeah, that's almost what this is. So, what do you think this beer is? Uh, like thirty-seven. If I had to guess. Stylistically, what does oh. it smell like? What does it, it taste like? like? Chocolate. And what do you think this beer is? I think it tastes like a Guinness, so it's a stout. Incorrect. <laughs> Wrong. Do you get? Can you give me any flavor descriptors that you get in this beer? Describe no, the flavor chocolate. of this beer. All you can taste is chocolate. Yes, mostly Honestly, though, be, it, be, be, be serious. Like, uh, actually, close your eyes and I think about what honest, you taste. I beer. honestly taste chocolate and booze. Like, I get out, like, it's, I can taste the ABV at the end. And I just get the, I, all the malt that they use to make it this color and, like, to get it like this is, like, all that roasted. Ugh. Put it, put some, take a little swig and swish it around your mouth. Oh and then spit this it is out. terrible. Do the psalm thing. Stream it. Yeah. Psalm it up. Now do you get any after, uh, other flavors to this beer? No, it's just bitter. It's gross. I'm telling you, I'm the worst in the world. Okay, so this. this is a porter <laughs> okay. brewed uh, from a little-known brewery, Maui Brewing Company. They're from Hawaii. This is their coconut porter. I get no coconut in this beer at all. See, I do. And that's why I was trying, oh, to, I was trying to reach... Very far to try to get you to say no. That's crazy. Um, so what? Again, for me who never drinks porters or stouts, um, what are defining differences between a porter and a stout? Porters are a lot lighter than stouts, right? Uh Stouts are always black. They're always heavy. They're always usually pretty boozy. Uh, the mouth feels very syrupy. Porters are a lot lighter than that. Porters okay. are kind of uh, just maybe a, a push a little pushes past brown ale, right? So that's a good way to think of a porter. Porter is really somewhere between a stout and a brown ale. So a porter is a light stout, one could argue. Correct. The The history of it and the reason why it's called a porter is because porters, people who used to move stuff, working class people, used to go to pubs at the end of their day, at the end of their shifts in Paris and they used to be able to custom make kind of their own dark beers. So if you went to a bar and the bar would have like four or five different dark ales on draft, what they would do is they would blend the different beers and give it to you. Interesting. Right. So it was a blend of a bunch of different dark beers, but not necessarily like stouts, just like yep. dark, dark ales. And I guess they all like are on a spectrum of like chocolate notes or like, uh, like more to less bitter, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know how you would like 
get the intricate like flavor profiles within the yeah of a stout that or i'm sorry a porter that you would want to blend that's great that basically means that you're taking a bunch of different porters and either like getting closer to a stout or i don't even i don't even know man don't even know this beer is fantastic and just because you don't like dark beer doesn't mean you aren't going to have to drink a bunch of it and aren't going to have to describe a bunch of it. So you're going to have to start getting used to that. Yeah. You're just made telling me I really have to go drink some porters and stouts. I honestly, this is probably, I think the only time I've ever ordered a porter or a stout for, or for myself was yes. in Ireland. Okay. Guinness doesn't count. Yeah. Guinness I drank Guinness count. in Ireland. Uh... That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever really ordered a porter or stout. And just like, mm, I gotta try that porter or stout. Have you had an oyster stout? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever had a stout brew with oyster shells or oyster flesh? Okay, so that's a no. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, what's the? Uh, Have you ever had a Russian imperial stout? Uh, Old Rasputin is the probably the most crowning achievement of that. Arguably the best in the country. I probably not. <laughs> I want to say no. Cool. Have you have never have you ever had an export stout? No. Wasn't there uh <laughs> wasn't there an event here sweet in New York stout? City? Have you there's heard a, a sweet there's stout? a brewery that does like, like a really left hand milk stout. They do an imperial stout where it's like sixteen percent, like super high. Most imperial stouts are big, but that's really big. Yeah. You haven't even opened the Avery. You haven't even cracked that beast in there. Yeah, they stopped making those. That's the imperial stout. Yeah. So you really got to get around. You got to really. That's why they're sitting there. A couple yeah, more dark I just beers. never think to open them. I'm just like, no way, man. It's gross. I mean, even at the very least, take a little sip. You're not going to drink this, but at least you tasted it, right? Yeah, I tasted it. So you got one out of four today. Let's yeah. do this again, and let's try to get you higher on this. Okay. But that's going to require some studying about styles. Okay. So just. Read a little bit. Okay. Read here and there about yeah. styles of beer. I'll think about it. I'll watch some YouTube videos. Yeah, whatever. Whatever <laughs> you got to do. <laughs> whatever you got to do. I'm sure they've got What's-His-Face from Dogfish Head explaining beer styles on the YouTubes. I would recommend... People ask me how they study for this test. I would recommend uh, going beat by beat through BJCP. Yeah. Reading, you know, like one style a day. And okay. reading, because it just gives you a, a quick breakdown of what each style is, SRM, you know, ABV, EB, you know, IBU, and then it gives you a bunch of commercial examples. So if you read like one a day or like even one every couple of days or one a week, you could read a little descriptor, have the backstory on it, the knowledge about it, and then go try to find like two or three commercial examples and then reinforce what you read. Dude, there's like 80 different beers on that the 80 plus way over 80 i'm giving there's a hun- like there's like hundreds there's yeah. like that into 100 right now they do cite they redid it recently with ciders now so there's a lot extra on there yeah it's crazy so go go one a day if you go one a day you spend what, half, a like half a year yeah doing. six months challenge accepted I hope I, I the will next say set that of beers are from the A section of this. I will, <laughs> I will say that working in the industry, I have seen kind of like an uptick in when people post for jobs, they all say like certified beer server, certified beer CC room required. 
So if you do want to work in the industry and kind of be taken seriously, it's worth checking out the CISO on. I'm doing it. Cool, dude. All right. You have us going out on Bittersweet Motel. Yeah. J3PO uh, and I were watching the documentary the other day. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And it made me want to listen to this. Okay. So we're going out on 7-6-2016. This is Cross Insurance Arena in Portland, Maine. Yeah, dog. All right. I am the Lizza. Thank you for watching. No, you supposed <laughs> to say I'm the kid. And I'll say thanks for joining us on this this episode of God and Brew. And what? your tagline is see you next time.